Lord, hallelujah. Today is a good day. Today is a day that the Lord hath made, and I'm going to rejoice. So that tells you to take a stand. No matter what comes, you're going to come through it successfully. I thought about the message, the title for this message, and came up with this, nothing. So I'll just preach it, and you get to title it whatever you want to title it. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 9.10. 2 Corinthians 9.10. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 9.10. And it says, Now he, talking about God, ministereth seed to the sower. He both ministers bread for your daily food and multiplies your seed sown. Now, God gives a seed, but he doesn't automatically increase it. He multiplies it when it's sown. A seed unsown is simply a door shut to God. That's real, real simple. And then it says this, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So the seed process, somebody say a process. Let's go to Mark, the fourth chapter, in verse 26 through 32 on the screens. Mark, the fourth chapter, verse 26. And it says, and Jesus says, so is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground. Now, he is revealing to us a spiritual truth, a spiritual process that cannot be altered, but can be stopped by men. The devil cannot stop this if men simply continue to live life with their focus on their process. And the next verse says, and should sleep and rise night and day. Somebody say, time is involved. All righty. And it says, and the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. In other words, these are the deep secrets of God. You don't understand how it's working except by looking at the glass that God has provided for us. And whether we see it or whether we don't see it, remember, you're going to sleep, you're rising up, rising up and laying down. In other words, those time frames create seasons. And if you don't understand seasons and processes, the kingdom experience will be very limited because you lose confidence when you trust your senses. All right. And then it says this, for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. First the blade, then the ear, and after that the full corn in the ear. Somebody say a process. All right. And then it says, but when the fruit is brought 
forth, immediately the man that has sown the seed putteth forth the sickle because the harvest is come. And he said, whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Another parable. And with what comparison shall we compare it to? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth, it is the least than all the seeds that be in the earth. And then it says, and when it is sown, when it is sown, when it is sown, not when it's held, when it's sown. When it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all the herbs and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge therein the shadow of it. The seed process. The seed process. So small as a mustard seed. But there are things that begin in the midst of us that are far smaller than that and that bring a great harvest. Could I have a picture of a sperm here? Now I know that you are all adults, so don't get shaken. Oh my word, that's a sperm! Oh my, your brain's... Never mind. Hallelujah. Now, this sperm is only seen by an electron microscope. In order for it to be seen, it is magnified 8,400 times for the human eye to see it. For the human eye to see it. Isn't that an amazing thing? An amazing thing. Stand up, David. Look what come out of that little seed. <laughs> and of course, we could all be examples. But what I want you to realize is that out of that smallest seed, begins a process that creates the image of God and reproduces itself uncountless times over the decades and centuries of his existence. Now, the seed and the fruitfulness of that seed is subject to David, but the empowerment of it has been given to him. And every seed starts a process. Now, the word process simply means a series of actions that are taken to achieve an end. And that's what the kingdom of God is. Remember, it's like a seed that when it is sown, the seed and the sowing are part of the process. You can't get to the end without doing the actions. Could I get an amen? All right, so I want you to realize that when God gives us seed, you can change where you are 
by sowing the seed. Now, some of you say, oh, you're, you're talking about money. No, listen, just stay with me. I'm going to tell you the story and reveal. Never despise small beginnings because you came from them and you have experienced the faithfulness of God by a seed being sown. You are the byproduct of the faithfulness of God to uphold the principle of seed sowing. Everything produced after its own kind. The bottom of the barrel is only the beginning or the turning around place of life. Now, the reason I said that is this. Because in life, you are going to end up someplace that your self-sufficiency cannot deliver you from. You are going to face obstacles, storms, mountains, whatever they might be, reports from the doctor, reports from the IRS, reports of pink slips laying you off. You, one day you are going to rise up and life is going to change. And you're going to end up on the bottom of the barrel. But don't worry about the bottom of the barrel because it's always a starting point. See, when we are where God is with us, there is always something in our hand that we can mix faith with what God has declared is his will. Now, please let me say this. Knowing God's will without faith will get you nothing. Well, God's word is just going to bring it to pass. No, no, no. God works with us, not in spite of us. God doesn't work when we are paralyzed by fear. God doesn't work when we're paralyzed by anxiety and worry. God doesn't work with us when we don't mix faith with what he said. Now, God has a will. And you have a revelation of what God's will is for your life right here. And if you will mix faith with it, then it will come to pass. But there are many things that God wills for our life. Third John, verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things, above everything, that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. There are a lot of stagnant Christians today that their soul is going nowhere. In fact, the longer they live, the more tainted it gets. You know, it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come into repentance. But the Bible tells us that hell is enlarging itself every day. In other words, there are people rejecting God by the multitudes instead of accepting his salvation. In every 10 seconds, think of it, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 26 people have died around the world. And 25 of them will be known as non-Christians. Only one of them 
will have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord of their life. Now, while I've been talking, almost a hundred people have entered into an eternity without God. Now, it's not God's will. He speaks to us from the cross. He speaks to us from an empty tomb. He speaks to us through his word, through his spirit. But people constantly think that if God wants me, he will just imprison me, take me by force. No, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. So we see that God has a will, but without the will of God, the promise will never come to pass. You have to have faith. Somebody say faith. faith. Now, it is God's desire to increase every seed. Could I get an amen? In other words, to give the kingdom increase in your life in order to expand your place on this earth. Now, God gives you seed with a purpose, but his purpose is based on what you do with the seed. If you don't plant it, you can't watch for its growth. If you don't plant it or you put it off, guess what? You will end up going to sleep and raising up and nothing will happen. Or you can take the seed. But this is so small. Don't worry about the size of the seed. This is how the kingdom works. And so realize that the kingdom is made up of the process of sowing and reaping, time and seasons being involved. Now, God gives you seed. He will increase it if you sow it. But if you don't, he won't. He won't. So we have to realize that God increases seed. And no matter what you're facing, no matter where you are in life, finances, relational, relational relationships, no matter whether it's you growing and maturing, no matter if it's you walking in a greater dimension of righteousness, of joy. Look, if you do not use your faith in those places that you have need, then there will never be an increase and that need will never be met. Remember, the will of God changes nothing. Only faith in it does. Now, God's word is not given to us to observe. It is given to us to apply. Remember what Jesus said in Luke 6, 46, on down through 49? This is a life of two men. They both had the word of God, same word, and then the storms came. But one man's 
life was built upon the rock. That rock really has been laid because of his activation of the things that Jesus told him to do. Another man had the same word, but he had never acted on the word. So his life was just sinking sand, shambles. Nothing could hold it together. Well, a storm came, which storms come to everybody's life. Christians don't exempt you from problems, but it has the promise to get you out of all of them. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers us out of them all. Never says you never end up in them. Oh, I'm going to use my faith and never go through tribulation. <laughs> yeah, well, good luck with that. Because God said, out of many tribulations do we enter the kingdom of God. And to get where we're going, we have to fight for our right to possess it. Hallelujah. All right, so God's word is given to us to use or to apply. Let's go to Matthew 17, 20. Because if we don't apply it, the horizons of our life never change. Matthew 17, 20. And it says, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, the smallest amount, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove henceforth to yonder place, and maybe the lottery will come your way. What's it say? And it what? And it what? And nothing shall be what? So now we have to understand that wherever we are is a result of what we have done with our faith. Now, here's what Satan wants to do. Satan wants you to compare your size of the mountain compared to the seed of faith that you have. There is no comparison. The mountain is bigger, but... The process of faith can bring the mountain to a non-existent place. Is that true? Is that what it said? And nothing. Somebody say nothing. That means it's not just a mountain of finance, a mountain of marital problems, a mountain of child problems, a mountain of dog problems, a mountain of neighbor's problems, a mountain of this problem, that problem, crab, grass, weed, uh, Texas, right? Whatever it is, all things are possible. And it starts in a seed form. Hunker down and realize that God has given you a seed. And so when God gives you this seed, all these impasses in life, 
All these things that say, oh man, how are we going to get around this? How are we going to deal with it? God's already told you how. With the seed process. Now Jesus told us that the seed was the Word of God. And if you don't apply the Word of God, nothing in life will change. But God has a process that has brought victory to millions of men and women that have went before us. And it can happen for your life and my life if we simply use our faith. Now, I understand that, look, historically, men crumble under certain pressures. Men die in certain diseases. Men declare bankruptcy because of certain economical crises. People get divorced because of certain things that happen in their life or that their spouse did or what their spouse didn't do. But please understand that God can turn your most abstract, distorted, perverted, deep prison, deep valley, high mountain to a place of victory if you'll simply take what he put in your hand and sow it. Sow it, somebody. Hallelujah. Please know that you and your life that God has promised you is not based on your ability or your self-sufficiency. It is based on a kingdom process that God is watching over. Hallelujah. No matter where you are, God is there. And he is there as your supplier and your increaser. And you are not alone. Think of these promises that we nonchalantly babble. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Yes, you surely can. God will meet all my needs according to his riches and glory. He will. If you get involved in taking the seed and applying it. Amen? All right. You have to be involved. He is there. I can do all things. What is Paul telling you? I am surrounded by resources provided by God through one Jesus Christ, who I am in joint airship with. And what he has done to the firstborn, he will do for me in my life. Now God is going to do that. He will meet all of your needs. No matter where you're at, God is there to supply you with what you need to move the mountain, to calm the storm, to open up the prison, to roll back the stone. Whichever scenario you want to use, God is there to supply what you need so that he is glorified in our lives. 
We are not self-sufficient. Our life is dictated not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is not just the Holy Ghost, but the Spirit of God is the Word. Jesus said, the words I speak in you, they are spirit. So then we start looking at things and think about how people get desperate and hopeless. Sometimes when it gets so dark that you can't see the hand, your hand in front of you. Have you anybody ever been into a coal mine? You get about four or five miles underground, you talk about black, you ain't seen black. It is so black you can't see. Now you can hear things, rats and all that kind of stuff scurrying around and getting food and getting in your lunch bag. You can, you can see all that. But it is so black. When you turn that headlamp off, you couldn't see yourself slapping yourself. It is so black. But that doesn't mean that light doesn't exist. It means that where you're at has become a created arena that light has not met yet. The devil is the, art, dark, is the author of darkness. God is the author of light. Now, God started light through a seed process. Light be. And that seed process has evolved from sunlight to moonlight to uh, fluorescent lights to now whatever these things are. Uh, you know, all types of light have come out of the word, let there be light. Or else, how would you know this wasn't dark? Well, we put new uh, dark bulbs up today. But it's so dark, man, you can see anything. Well, who classified what light was and what darkness was? God. So God starts the whole light process by taking a seed, a word, and sowing it. So no matter how dark it is where you are, when darkness is enclosing itself around you, when you can't see anything, any hope, any end, any chance, any breakthrough, any change, when you can't see it, don't get despaired. Do what God did. Put a seed in motion. Don't let a doctor's report steal the hope of your tomorrow. Respond to it by a seed that sets a process into motion that can change the horizons of your life. Ask blind Barnabas. Did a word change his life? Yes. Now that word was named Jesus, but it was the word of God. And it changed blindness into sight.
wherever you are. Somebody say, wherever I am. Wherever you are right now, I don't care how dark, how hopeless, I don't care what they've said, it doesn't matter. Now, God loves you whether you resign to it or whether you fight and sow a seed. It's up to you. It doesn't change how God loves you. You know, God loves people that have never used their faith to be blessed. He loves them. God loves the non-tither. It's just that he can't let you experience that love through disobedience. God loves the non-giver. But he can increase what you don't sow. God loves the sinner, but it's not his will that they stay a sinner. So God's will has nothing to do with how much God loves us. But in order for us to experience that love, we have got to establish a faith connection. We've got to do something that God can work with. Remember, they went out and preached Jesus working with them, not separate from them. So God gives you seed. He expects you to sow it. Not a hard task. I mean, this is how easy it is. You have just set in motion the increase of the kingdom of God. But because of our unbelief, because of the influence of a world that has shut itself off from God, we become so overwhelmed by the voices of the world that it can't be, God doesn't, God won't, God uh, has stopped, God is this, God is that. Well, you know, you're just like us. No, no, we are not like everybody else. We are the sons and daughters of God. There's nothing common about us. We are weird people, peculiar. But you have to activate the scriptures. Amen? Moses, when he came out of Egypt, got into a place of a pinch point, a place of darkness. And God tells Moses, Moses starts crying, God, listen to Israel, help us. We're going to die. Here comes Pharaoh. Oh, my God, don't you care? Here's God's word. What are you calling and bawling about to me? What do you mean? Like we're up against the Red Sea. It's not like we have been swimming in pools in Egypt. We've been slaves, man. We don't know how to swim. God says, I gave you a seed back there in Egypt. I told you to come out and to go over to go in. Now you're standing here whining, wanting me to do something other than what the process is created to do. I told you, go forward. But here you stand, stopped. Stopped. And you're crying to me. 
God says, look, I provided for you before you ever got here. What's in your hand? He said, this old stick. He said, stretch it up over the sea, and the sea will part. The Bible says in Exodus 13th chapter that it parted. Not only did it part, but God brought light to Israel and darkness to Egypt by a pillar of fire and a cloud. And then Moses leads the people over in the morning on dry ground. Pharaoh started coming through and the angels started knocking the wheels off of their chariots. A maintenance problem. It wasn't a maintenance problem. It was a God and intervention. Because somebody has sowed a seed and done something that God told him to do. And we have all kinds. Like Samson. Remember when he was compassed about with a whole bunch of garrisons of Philistines? Samson didn't whine and look out. He realized the Spirit of the Lord is on me. There's something here that God wants me to see. And he finds a new jawbone of an ass. And he picks up that jawbone and he slays a thousand soldiers with it. Number one, that was not an ordinary donkey. Because an ordinary jawbone would have broke. But it was a jawbone that God had fortified. And what he did was take that seed and he applied his faith with it. So small compared to garrisons of militarily trained men. He slew, slew a thousand of them. There wasn't any left. Where were the others? <laughs> they weren't dumb. They took off. The list goes on and on of people. How about David? David's running towards Goliath. He doesn't say, God, what am I supposed to do? He remembers, hey, I got five stones here. God will do something that is in my hand. And he takes those five stones, and we know the story. He kills the giant. David just took off running. What was he thinking? Don't you think, check your pouch? Don't you think, where are your best rocks? Don't you think maybe you ought to go down the brook and see if you can find some new ones? No. He just takes off running. He knows that God will supply. Reaches his hand in and takes a seed, a seed of victory. And he does just what he can do with all of his effort and trusting God to fill in the voids. And God delivers Israel. Now, as soon as the giant's dead, here come all the guys that criticize David. Let's go to 1 Kings 17, 8 through 16. Woman called, uh, don't have a name, but she is from Zarephath. 
1 Kings 17, 8 through 16, it says, And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? Notice something. The devil is always going to get you to think that you are where you're at because God has something against you. God has nothing against you. He loves you. But I know I've done wrong. Hey, welcome to the party. Is there anyone that can cast a stone? Is there anyone that has not done something out of the fullness of God's requirement of obedience that we do not need grace and mercy for right here? Oh, Pastor, will you hurry up and get there? See, you go. You just sinned. Why do you think evil? Look, we, we could go on and on. All of us have problems. I've got Philip. Then I got Randy. I've got a double cross to bear. Now, the devil wants you to think that your problem is because there is a separation of God and you. There is no separation. Could I get an amen? amen? But what does give you the thought of the separation is your conscience. Amen. And you just need, if your conscience condemns you, God is greater. If you feel unforgiven and God said you are forgiven, I would encourage you to choose God's answer for your life. Amen. You've been forgiven. Amen? All right, next verse. And he said unto her, Hey, give thy son. And he took him out of the bosom. And wait a second. This is, you got me the wrong. I said 1 Kings 17, 8. There you go. Thank you. Man, I'm thinking I'm reading two stories. Arise and get thee the Zarephath. Let's go back in time. Which belongeth to Zidon and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. Next verse. And he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came into the gate of the city, behold, a widow woman was gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he said, Oh, hey, will you also bring me, I pray thee, a little morsel of bread in your hand? And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, a little oil in a cruise, and behold, I'm gathering just two sticks. And I'm going that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, fear not. I want you to go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first. Bring it unto me, and after make for thee and thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, 
The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. He, she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal waxed not, wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. And it came to pass that after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that, they, that there was no breath in him. Now, let's talk about she was at the bottom of her barrel. But you know what she thought? She said, but your God. How do you make somebody the God of people in a victorious life and the people that are at the bottom of their barrel? You set faith in motion. And the God that you did not think was on your side becomes your source. And then her and her son and Elijah ate for many days until rain returned. Now, so many of us observe that other people are experiencing God. But we don't do anything to make God our God. See, God was God of her life because he was in covenant with Israel. She was a daughter of God. She was a daughter of Abraham. Every right and every privilege of any descendant of Abraham. God's intent was, I'll bless you and your seed shall be blessed. So this woman should be living under blessing. But, you know, everybody else is going through it, so, you know, I'm going to have the same outcome. No. She realized that Elijah had something she didn't have. He was connected to God. So what does God do? God offers her the opportunity to partake of the God of Elijah. And as we look at people today, how many of you would like to partake of the God of whoever? Sometimes we look at people and say, boy, I wish God would do that for me. I wish God would do that. I wish God would do it. But all you have to do is activate the seed. All you have to do is set something in motion. Could it get an amen? amen? So when you're at the bottom of your barrel, it is time to activate faith in God. It is time to do something. Just because it's dark, hopeless, and you can't see anything in your barrel, be strong and of a good courage. For the Lord is on your side. And wherever you are, look around. There's a jawbone. There's a handful of meal. Come on, there's a stick somewhere. There's something that God wants you to do. Open your eyes. And God will give you wisdom and allow you and help you 
put in motion that which will change. Mark, the fifth chapter, remember Jairus. Jairus had a daughter that was dying. Some say she was dead, but he said, would you come and lay your hands on my daughter that she might live? Jesus said, sure. God never says no to anybody. It's just those that observe and never ask or reach out that don't get responses. Amen? And so Jairus is gone, and, you know, I don't know about you, but it seemed like life runs for me the same way that it does for Jairus and the woman with the issue of blood, that they get worse before they get better. Maybe that doesn't happen to you. Well, you know what happened to 12 disciples. They started on a clear day across the sea. Pretty soon, a storm rose up. Pretty soon, the boat is sinking, and there's only one answer. Jesus! My life is kind of like that. You know, the other day, Lincoln got crowned uh, prince of uh, queen of homecoming. Oh, yeah, that's right. He got crowned king on Saturday. On Thursday, he won his division to go to state in golf. Friday night, I went to his house. He was cleaning a couple's offices in our church. I said, how's it feel to go from being a king to being a champion to cleaning toilets? He said, it's just life, Papa. <laughs> well, that's how fast life can change. Jesus tells Jairus when he receives a report, don't trouble a master, your daughter's dead. Jesus looks at Jairus and says, that doesn't change what you asked me to do. It doesn't change the seed that you have released. You told me if I would come and pray for her, she would live. I never asked you what state she was in. I never asked you how bad it had progressed. I never asked you if she was alive or if she was dead. Don't change your request. That simply means Jesus said, only believe. He says, hold fast the thought that you came to me with and it will happen. Sometimes when we are in these situations, we have to resist the enemies of our faith. One of them is fear. And fear, of course, is a spirit, but it's a spirit of intimidation. It intimidates you by pictures and declarations and reports of things that may not happen, except you do nothing. The reports of defeat are actually lies of the devil and if you buy into them, they become truths and testimonies of failure. Don't be intimidated because God has not given us that type of spirit. Come on, we are not going to be intimidated. 
The Bible says, quit ye like men. Stand up. You're children of God. And that's who we are. And we don't have to fear anything because if we put a seed in the ground, God is faithful to watch over the process. Not one time in the parables did he say, sometimes the crop fails. No, put faith in the ground. Hold true. Be strong and very courageous. Don't be intimidated. Be bold. Keep your thought. Focus on Jesus and move on. And then doubt. Man, you got to resist doubt. Doubt is simply double-mindedness. That's what Peter ended up sinking by. Remember, he got out of the boat by faith. Hallelujah. Look at me. Three or four more steps and said, oh, my God, I'm sinking. Jesus said, why did you doubt? Because you looked at other stuff. Don't look at other stuff. Keep your eyes on me. I did not move. So we want to make sure that we resist doubt. We want to make sure that we, as believers, keep our focus on God. Protect your ears. Don't listen to what happened to other people unless it's good. Unless it's good. We have this Adamic cloud that wants to follow us all the time, and all we think about is negativity. You know, like, like I, I don't know about you, I'm getting wrinkly. I'm losing my hair. Under here, I still look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I'm getting uglier. Well, what would you do if something happened to Phyllis? Pray for a blind woman. There's always an option. You can say, oh, nobody marry me. I'm so ugly. Oh, yes. Get somebody that's farsighted. Can't see up close. Don't let them get LASIK. Look, folks, there are always options that you can use your faith on. Stop looking at the negative. Could it get an amen? You say, oh, you're talking about positive thinking. I'm talking about thinking how God thinks. There's nothing impossible to him that believeth. David said words like this, if I make my bed in hell, thou art there. If I make it, if I'm in heaven, you're there. Wherever I am, God, you are there. What's God there for? To watch him fail? No, he's there to provide seed that David can have an increase. Praise God. Hallelujah. Things are, can be impossible if you look at the negative. Don't grieve the Holy Ghost by talking negative about other people, expressing your true feelings about what you think they haven't done or what they should have done or what... Can the donkey produce milk like a cow? 
Don't require something from somebody that you are not. That's above your pay grade. Let them be them. Encourage them. Cause them to be motivated by your good works. But never, ever grieve in prison. Press down into a box the Holy Ghost by your conversations. Let's make sure we keep our eyes on things of God. The Bible says, look upon not the temporal things, but upon the eternal things, and it'll work for you a far more greater eternal glory. Then Peter says this, I say these things. I know you know all these things. But Peter said, I say these things to stir up your mind. 2 Peter 3, 1 down through 5. I encourage you today, wake up. Wake up. Maybe you're at the foot of a mountain that you say, there ain't no way I'm going to get over this thing. But there is a way. God will make a way. There's a seed someplace. Look around. There's a way that has already been made. Open your eyes. There's some place that faith will connect with God. Look to God. Search the scriptures. Let him put a seed in your mouth. Let him put a seed in your mind. Let him put a seed in your hand. Let him put an action of faith before you. Wherever you are, I'm just telling you right now, God is there with you. God is there with you. He is as much available to you as Jesus was to the disciples. He's not sleeping. He's not slumbering. He's waiting for you to come through the door. He wants to get up. He wants to bring deliverance. He wants to bring a breakthrough. He wants to increase the kingdom in your life and in the world that you are a part of. He's there. Don't be fearful. Don't doubt. Don't talk negative. Protect your ears, protect your eyes, and stir your mind up. Be strong and say, this is not what I was created for. Let you and I come together and let's refuse to be like people that just sit down and do nothing. Open your hand. There's a seed there. You might have to look at it, might have to clean your glasses, might have to ask your wife, what, what is it, what size is it? But all you have to do is, that's it. It's done. And the principle and the process of God is set into motion set into motion. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you awaken us today.
Father, you brought us out. You brought us through. And God, you provided as we have walked steps that seem like steps of drudgery, and we may have walked them a hundred times. But God, today, we're leaving that trench. We are leaving those footsteps of yesterday, and we are going to go off, and we're going to cross over, and we are going to possess the kingdom of God. So simple, God, so simple. God, you invite us, come, sow your seed. I will increase it. I will increase your righteousness, and I will provide for your daily bread. Rise up, lay down. Let not time defer you. Let not time become your enemy. Every day you are closer to the harvest. Every day you are closer to seeing my fullness in your life. I am with you. I am your source. I am with you. I will not forsake you. I will not fail you. And I will not be silent on your behalf. O oh, people, rise up, awaken, saith the Lord of hosts. You are my people, purchased by the blood. You are my people that I have declared the end before it ever began. Sow a seed. Let that faith connection happen today, saith the Lord. And you shall see me do that which no generation has ever seen. Is it impossible? Just believe it. It is beyond your comprehension, but it is not beyond my doing. Trust me, saith the Lord. Look unto me, for I am faithful, and I will not fail thee, saith the Lord. O oh God, for your glory, that every one of us find mountains, stopping points, places that we have become stagnant and let us rise up. There is nothing impossible to our God and to us that dare to side with him. In Jesus' name.